morning going on for since the beginning of this morning and um, it's still going to happen <laughs> might not be my, through might it might not be through power but it will be by his spirit saith the Lord amen Amen. You know, the such a the Holy Spirit's so awesome. I don't know if you guys have been seeing, you can have a seat. I don't know if you guys have been seeing the the interweaving. It's such a large scale of what God is doing right now in this hour. And bringing people together and bringing opportunities to shine your light before men. To bring opportunities to share what Christ has done in you. And there's also opportunity to go through the fire. Amen. Like, it's an opportunity. This song fits so well with what we're going to be ministering um, today. And thank you, sis, for listening to the Holy Spirit. I was just seeing such a cool picture of the Lord. Like, a lot of times we think as we're going through the fire, he's not about that or with that. And... Um, we've gotten comfortable, and I know I preached about, it was pretty heavy. You guys got blasted last Sunday morning. Like, you got flamethrower heat. And I told the second service, I'm like, you guys are going to get, like, I can already tell, like, I haven't ate anything today. I've already poured out. And they got, a, they got probably 1,000 degrees lighter. They still got probably torched, but it was not what you guys got. And I apologized to a handful, but they were like, No. That was awesome. So, well, praise God. If you like, if you like the fire, then you got it last week. Um, you're probably going to get a little more love this week. You know, how about how many know God is all about all that? He leads us into the fire. There's times I know, like nobody wants to go there. Nobody's like, yay, refining. Yay. He leads us to those places. Nobody wants to go like to impossible circumstances and and like going through the red seas like what are we gonna do with that but he holds all those things back so that we can come through we often think the lord's just leading us to these beside the still waters and the green pastures and oh this must be the lord but then we forget that he will also prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies in the valley of the shadow of death where it looks hopeless. Sometimes he says, we need to take a break here. I need to teach you something. I need to show you something. Sometimes he takes us into these places and because of what comes up in the refining process, he goes, there it is. And thank God for that. How many, how many want to be refined? How many know that, yes, positionally, I am saved, I'm, I'm justified, I'm redeemed, I'm righteous in his sight. But how many also know there's a process that you're going to grow in holiness and walk through? That everything, he has front-loaded everything in our life right off the bat. He has loaded us down with all of his blessings, with all of his goodness, with all of his mercy, with all the fruits, with all the gifts. He has front-loaded it. But how many of you know we're not yet knowing how to operate in all of it? So he is teaching us along the way and walking with us along the way. And we are growing that. And he's refining us. And he loves us enough to, to knock us out at times. He loves us enough sometimes to put us over his knee. Amen? Aren't you glad that he loves us? 
I'm so glad, and he loves me a lot. And he's proven it. So, you have your bulletins today. I think the title of the message that we come up with is, I love you, open the door. I love you, open the door. We're continuing in um, Revelation chapter 3, wrapping up the letter to Laodicea. And so, just fair warning, I thought this week we would definitely be done with it, and I don't know that we will be. Um, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not in a rush. The Holy Spirit has definitely been on time here recently, so I'm just going to keep following him in that. Um, I'm, I'm probably a little anxious because I want to get to chapter 4 so bad. I love it. Because then we get to get into Daniel, and we get to, it's going to be awesome. But he's like, hey, just, just keep walking with me. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Now, as we get into start reading this passage, as we get into verse 19, it is a conclusion of this letter, but I also believe since it's the final letter to the churches, this conclusion is going to be like an overwhelming conclusion to all the other churches too. All right? Now, how many know that all the letters do work that way? So this, this is the closing conclusion and one of the final conclusions to the letters. Um, so for the, the sake of... Um, having all of this letter fresh in our mind, let's, let's read from the beginning. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 14 says, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, says this. Now that's quite the title. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And these guys at that point are going to be going like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I mean, that is quite the list. And he says, I advise to you. Buy from me gold refined by fire, that you may become rich, and white garments that you may clothe yourself, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and I salve to anoint your eyes that you may see. Here's our main text we're going to study today. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. This is a very cool letter. There's two big clues as we get into chapter four, just in these last three verses, three or four verses, their clothing and where they're going to be seated. As we get into chapter 4, you're going to see, and 5, you're going to see the throne room. And, well, I'm not going to go in there because that's, I'll be going down a rabbit trail and I'll be preaching two weeks ahead of the message. So, but I want you to see that their raiment, the clothing that they were in, was also the same raiment that he had told other churches that if they were overcomers and they were righteous and they were walking with him, that's what they would be dressed in. 
And you're going to just, I just want you to footnote that in your brain for the next couple weeks. Also, that where, where is they going to be seated if they're, over, if they're overcomers? With him on his throne. That throne also doesn't mean just a physical look, like a chair. It's the place. And one of the definitions basically is heaven. And we'll get into that probably next week. But just want that to be precursed in your mind. All right. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. I want you to see in this letter and in this section, his purpose is not to judge them, but to love them to repentance. Now, that first part was pretty scorching. It was very um, impactful. He was cutting through a bunch of stuff and, and dividing that, like, you think you're okay. You think you've got it all going on. You're saying you don't, you're not in need of anything. And he really brings the, the cutting and going, look, you can't see. Your spiritual eyesight's blind. You think all this stuff is going to take care of you? You're wretched. You're miserable. You're poor. And then he gives that instruction. You need to buy from me. That's a loving God. He's so loving that he's saying, I want you to know right off the bat, he's going to talk about rebuke and discipline, but he says, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So he's saying, I love you. I love you, but things aren't okay. And I love you enough to rebuke you, and I love you enough to discipline you. I've got to tell you, this, this message this week was so timely. It was so timely for me. I, I had to, two times, had to go to individuals and do some loving rebuke and loving discipline. And as a father or a mother that's had to do that, who, who enjoys that? Hate it. Never liked it with my kids, but I love them. And I love them enough that I want to see them discipled. I want to see them grow. I don't want to see them continue in those areas that are robbing and stealing and destroying them and others. Amen? So thank God we have a Father who loves us. His purpose in it is to bring them to repentance. Okay, first thing I want you to see through that, his purpose in that is to bring them to a place of repentance. Amen? He addresses this church and those as those whom I love, the rebuke and discipline stem from the love. How many know you can be rebuked and disciplined without love? How many have experienced that? Now that's no fun. Now that can really get you cross when, when Jesus wants to come and discipline you and rebuke you. You don't want to receive it. You don't want to because you're like, this is going to hurt. This is, this is anger. This is, and that's just not how he does it. Amen? But, but we've all experienced that. And, and a lot of us can get gun shy when someone comes to say, I've got something that's not so special to share. Amen? How many know that when Jesus does it, when the Holy Spirit does it, it's always true? It's always right? And it's always from love? And there's no mistaking his love. You might not like it in the moment. As a matter of fact, you won't like it in the moment. But you will like the results of it. Amen? He loves us enough to bring us to a place of repentance. Now, I want to look at the Greek words rebuke and discipline. The, re the, the Greek word rebuke is elenko. It means to convict, convince, tell a fault, 
rebuke and reprove. To convict, convince, tell a fault, rebuke, reprove. Yay. Discipline. Pehidio. Pehidio. To train up a child. That's where you'll hear train up a child. That's discipline. That is to educate. Discipline is education. Discipline. By punishment. Chasten or chastise. To instruct. To learn. To teach. I take most of the time that word discipline. I'm a pretty simple person. I see the first part of that word is disciple. If you're disciplining without discipling, you're doing it wrong. How many know that the Lord, when he, he rebukes us, he will convict us, he will chastise us, he will, he will say things and you'll go, ow, that hurt. You'll hear people don't always listen to Jesus in the word and you see Jesus, he says things at times and they're very cutting, chastising, there's rebukes coming. It's coming from a place of love, and he's wanting to get their attention. And sometimes it takes that, does it not? Sometimes it takes a strong word. That has to be truthful, and it has to come from love, but it can be strong and still be love. And that's what he's having to do with the Laodicean church, because they were lulled to sleep. And sometimes we're lulled to sleep. I love that he loves us enough to rebuke us and then discipline us. And sometimes... Sometimes there's punishment involved. Not always. Sometimes it takes a punishment to change that hate behavior, to get our attention. Now, punishment all by itself doesn't ever do anything good. That's just putting pain to somebody without any instruction or teaching or training. That's like our prison system. It's just punishment. Is there discipling? Is there teaching? Is there training? If, they, if those aren't going together, it's not going to work. Amen? And then you're just going to hate authority. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 3, 11 and 12 says. And if you don't have it, you can probably find it on the screen shortly. My son, and I want you to have that word, son, really stand out to you for the next 10, 15 minutes. Now, ladies, you're included. He's using son because he wants us to understand that there's rights to us as being his children. My son, do not reject the discipline, the education, discipline, the punishment, the chastisement, the instruction to learn and teach of the Lord, or loathe his rebuke. His conviction, his, his telling of your faults, of his reproving. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Just as a father disciplines who? The son in whom he delights. If you've been chastised or disciplined or rebuked lately, he delights in you. That is so counter, is it not? Like, we're, we, we see discipline so differently than he does. And I really hope we, through this, we get a different view of that. He delights in us so much that he will rebuke us and discipline us. That's such a foreign concept to this culture because we've been trained by a different trainer. 
We're letting Adam teach us instead of our Heavenly Father teach us. You have a whole group full of people, and some of you that are older, you're going, yep, I see it. A whole culture full of people, they haven't been discipled. They haven't been rebuked. They haven't been corrected. They haven't been punished. They haven't been... That's like, oh, you can't do that. We're just going to love on them. You're not loving on them if you're not discipling them, if you're not training them, if you're not teaching them. If you're not understanding and teaching them that there's authorities. We see a lawlessness in our culture, in our country. That starts at home. Because we're following a different model. If you delight in your children, you delight in your flock. You delight... And anyone, if, you're, if you own a business and you have a team, if you delight in them, there will be times you, you need to bring correction. Nobody ever wants to. My wife at times, she goes, you're just like really, you're really good at like confrontation. I'm like, Are you, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. She's like, you must, you must be okay. No, I hate it but I love the, what comes from it. I seriously see those things as an opportunity for growth and an opportunity for healing. Always. There's always an opportunity for growth and an opportunity of healing. But nobody wants to do it, except for our father. Are you his son? Hebrews 12, 5 through 12 says... And you have forgotten the exhortation, which is addressed to you as who? Sons. Church, he's raising up sons. Church, he's raising up sons. There is a difference between sons and not sons. There's different rights. Like you see the prodigal son. There is a difference between the sons and the servants. There is a difference. There is, there is rights that come to sons. There is authority that comes to sons. There is inheritances that come to sons. And he is raising up sons. This is addressed to sons. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Don't regard it lightly, nor faint when you are punished by him. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. Are you loved today? <laughs> are you loved today? Did you get some discipline last week? <laughs> Probably. You should be feeling very loved this week. <laughs> Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are punished by him. For whom the Lord loves, he delights. And listen, he punishes who? Every son whom he accepts. Every son. So this shouldn't be a strange thing for us. It should encourage us when we get punished by him, when we get discipled by him, when he rebukes us or the Holy Spirit brings a scathing conviction to us. And he says, you know what? This isn't okay anymore. He's delighting in us. And he loves us enough to have that come so that we can be built up and edified in him and repent and get our mind right back where it needs to be. Discipled. 
Because I don't know about you, but I didn't like when I was reborn. I was reborn perfectly into his image. It's just taken a while for that to catch up. Like there's some areas I'm like, where did that come from? That wasn't Jesus. And I so wanted that to be Jesus. And he's like, I so wanted that to be me too. And we've went around this thing a few times. So when are you going to start taking this serious? Ooh. Soft Jesus went to cutting word. Sometimes the, the poison has to come out. Sometimes the, the joint that's out has to get mended. Sometimes the area that's cancerous has to get cut out. Ouch. We have to get refined. But he loves us enough to do that so that we don't die of that disease and have it affect us and affect others and spread. And he wants people to know, I love my kids. The angels, good and evil, these are my sons. He don't have illegitimate kids. No one has to wonder who their father is. He punishes every son whom he accepts. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. Aren't you glad? He deals with us as sons. He wants to, well, some he's dealing with as babies, infants, and that's okay. But if you're 15, 16, 17, 18, 45, 55, 65, 75, 85, 95, you should be at the sun level. I'm going to leave that there. But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. That's a nice way to say that, ain't it? Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? I like that. Not just the father of like natural. He's saying the father of spirits. The natural is temporary. Spirit's eternal. He said, if you can respect a temporary father and honor him for the discipline and the love that he's given you, how about your spiritual father? And live. For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them. You know what? A lot of times our earthly fathers or mothers, if you didn't have a father, they didn't always do it right, did they? They did what was best to them. But he disciplines us for our good. Every single time when he disciplines us and how he disciplines us is perfect. Every single time. It's not like our earthly parents. It's never too much and it's never not enough. It's exactly what we need and when we need it and how we need it. Aren't you glad that we have a loving father that knows that and does that and is faithful to that? 
We never have to question that. So that we may share his holiness. Because without holiness, no one will see the Father. He wants us to share in his holiness. It says, for the moment, all discipline seems not to be pleasant. Well, that's the understatement of the year. Even his, perfectly, in the right amount, at the right time. He says, for the moment, and that's what? Temporary. Temporarily, all discipline, even his, seems not to be pleasant. How many are just like, I love when I get disciplined. It's so awesome. I just can't wait. Like, Lord, would you just stack up like for the next six months of my discipline? I just, let's just do it all now. No, if we have option, we're like, could you like put that on hold? Like, I'm not feeling like this is the right time. Right? I do that a lot. I'm like, are you sure? Because I'm not really in agreement that this is what I need right now. But apparently, you know a lot more than I do. So I guess we're doing this. He's like, yes, we're doing this. Whether you like it or not. Okay, well, I don't like it. It's okay. You'll love it in a minute. I love the fruit from it. I, I can tell you that. For the moment, all discipline seems not to be pleasant, but painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it. If you want to underline something in your Bible, highlight that. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. See, this tells me that you can be disciplined and not trained by it. You follow me? There's a big difference between being disciplined by the Lord and being trained by it. That means you received it and you learned from it and you applied it. How many? How, how many? I've done this. The Lord has rebuked me. He has convicted me. He has done those things and I go, I don't agree. I don't, I don't receive that. I don't like that. I was not trained by it. It did not profit me anything. Now, how many of you know the Lord will, will, his patience is amazing. His long suffering is amazing. And he is like a dog on a bone. Like he is not letting go. Like I, and even when I'm like, I'm a pretty hard headed individual. Like I've told the Lord, like, I am not doing that. And he's like, okay. And I try to talk to him and he's just like, dude, he will wait you out. And when you don't have his presence and is like, but, but, and he's like, I, I'm basically, and then like, especially early on in my walk, I don't do this as much anymore. Cause I've learned like he's for real. And, and I don't like not having that closeness. He will just be like, even though it's not really happening, he just like the ceiling is as far as my voice is going. He's like, I'm not hearing you. And I've heard him say that I'm not listening to you. And I'm, but I'm trying to pray even. I'm not being obedient to you, Lord, but I still want to pray. And I still want to, he's like, I'm not having any of it. Oh, I hate that. I'm like, oh. And I keep trying. No, you're going to hear me. Because, Lord, I love you. No, go do what I said. Oh, I don't want to go do that. I don't want to say I'm sorry. I don't want to go repent. 
It's their fault. I'm not hearing you. Oh, I got to go do this now. And during that process, he really starts working on your heart. And then you go and you go, you know what? I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I was wrong. And you come back and he's like, now we can talk. And you hear the birds singing and everything and the, the, the angels are playing the harps and it's just beautiful. It's being trained by it. It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Look at the next verse. Therefore, in light of that, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. Do we have any weak hands and nebel, feeble knees? That's nebel fees? <laughs> Probably no nebel fees. Maybe some feeble knees. Make straight paths for your feet. Who's supposed to do that? He will lead us into the place we need to go. We need to make some straight paths for our feet. What does that mean? When you've been walking in an area and you know there's some things there that are stumbling blocks, you know there's some things there that are jacking up your program. Maybe you need to clear some of that stuff out. Just maybe. And we want him to do it. Don't read. Lord, take it away. Lord, take it away. He's like, how about you remove it out of your path? He's so quiet today. A lot of thinking or not enough coffee, something. Both. That's honest. Make straight paths for your feet so the limb which is impaired may not be dislocated. What's he talking about? but rather be healed. There's some things in our life, guys, that means they've been wounds for a long period of time. There's some areas and some things that we cover and we carry and they're hurting us and we want God to keep doing something about it. And he's saying, would you make straight paths for your feet? Would you like quit putting yourself in that spot to be hurt? I love you, son. I love you. But you got some work to do. Would you, would you receive the discipline I'm trying to give you and do something about it, not just hear it? Would you be doers of the word? I love you, but make some straight paths for your feet so the limb which is impaired may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. I believe there's some areas in people's lives and in my life, he wants to really heal, but until we're willing to do something about it, Remove some things out of our path. Then you can be healed. And it might take a little bit. I love the instant stuff. I'm like, the Lord, I prayed and smack, it happened. Well, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes it's a process. Sometimes he wants to journey with you and have communion with you through it. There's another in the fire. You're not alone. Amen? Yeah, we're not finishing today. He wanted to love on you more than I thought. John 16, 8. Man, if we even get out of just this part. It says, and, he, and when he came, who's he? The Holy Spirit. The paraclete. And when he came, the comforter, he comes, he will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. 
That word convict, remember what it said, what it meant? Convinced, convict, convince, tell a fault, rebuke, reprove. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He does that for the world. Aren't you glad? And when he comes, just as what Jesus said about him, he will convict not just us, the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. That's why the world doesn't like him. Just like the world didn't like Jesus. Why did Jesus say, the world don't like me? Why? Because I'm light. The darkness hates the light. The world hates the Holy Spirit because he actually says, like, that's wrong. This culture does not like being told anything's wrong. I can be whatever I want to be and whoever I want to be. And I can change it 15 different reasons and make numerous variations. And you got to be okay with it. But the Holy Spirit's like, "Um, I'm not okay with that. And people who are under the influence of the Holy Spirit will say when it needs to be said, that's not okay. That's wrong. That's crooked. That's perverse. And they will be called hate-filled. They will be called intolerant. They will be called racist. They will be called all kinds of different things for speaking the truth, just like the Holy Spirit does. You're like, well, that's not very loving. Well, what does convict, convince, tell a fault, rebuke, reprove sound like? In, in this kingdom, it does. He rebukes and does that to those sons he loves, and he, the ones he delights in. It means I love you and care enough about you to tell you so that you don't encounter what's to come. That's the, that's the greatest love you can have. Church, we have to wake up to that. The greatest love you can have is to warn people, to tell people, not go judge people. The motive has to be so there can be repentance. Because if you're just going to go out and just judge people, you're not going to see any fruit from that. Except for anger, resistance, and your number ones. And sometimes, rightfully so, the way it gets done. See, Jesus rebuked the Laodiceans just as the Holy Spirit rebukes the world and the lukewarm or the carnal Christians today. Does the Holy Spirit do that today to the church? You better believe it. Is the Laodicean church the church? Did we not discover it's probably the closest looking to the American church? So he loves us, but he wants us to repent. He will rebuke the world, the lukewarm, the carnal Christian, and the carnal church. There is hope if they'll wake up and listen and receive the correction from Jesus. Is there not? There's hope. There is hope. You know what's hopeless? If we don't share that message. If these letters that Jesus wrote to the church are not shared are not applied, are not first dealt with in us and then been able to share with others, his purposes for repentance are not going to happen. You following me? Why do you think the church, the enemy is trying to get the church locked up, shut up and closed up during this last season? Hmm. There's a lot bigger plan, a lot bigger thing going on than what the media is telling us. 
And if you don't understand that, I don't know that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Are you following me? That's pretty straight. But it's the truth. If you can't see past the the natural, and see there's a spiritual implication to everything that's going on, you need to get saved. You need the Holy Spirit to come alive in you so you can hear and see what's really going on. Amen? What's repentance, Pastor? I'm glad you asked that question. It's a change of what? We always see the change of direction, right? You were going this way, and then you change, and you go the other way. It's a lot more than that. To me, repentance starts as a change of attitude. What's attitude? A lot of times, the way it goes into what we think. How many know your, your attitude has to change? Your, the way you think about something has to change if there's going to be repentance. Like most of us in the areas of our life, we're thinking, that's good, it's okay, it's fine. Well, as long as you think what he's saying isn't okay, is okay, and your attitude is different than his attitude about it, there's not going to be repentance. You can hear the truth 365 days a year from the greatest preachers on TV. Hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it. And until your mind changes about how it's hitting you and what your spot is in that, it's never going to produce any fruit. So the repentance is a change of attitude. And that changes the way you think. And that changes your heart. Which is the ultimate repentance. I've had a change of heart. What's that mean? It is the whole of who you are. The very source of who you are has changed. It's almost like what happens when you get saved. There's a death to that person, and there's a resurrection and a whole new life to another. That's repentance. And you don't think the same anymore. The things that you thought were okay now aren't okay. And some of you, and like me, I didn't even read them yet. But there was this amazing Holy Spirit who was my helpmate, who walked alongside of me, who began to say, oh, no, 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 that's not for you. No, why not? Oh, that's going to hurt. That's going to bring death. That's going to bring sickness. That's going to bring problems for other people. Oh, I didn't know that. Some of them we knew very obviously. Other ones, he's just walking alongside of us and going, no, son, there's something better. Now hear me, daughters. I'm just including all of you. There's something better. He's not the one. Wait for who I have for you. How did you know that? Well, I've got this amazing father who's given me the Holy Spirit to walk alongside of me, who knows what's best for me and will guide me and lead me into all truth. And when I don't listen to him, he will come and rebuke me and convict me. And if I continue down that path, he will lovingly come and discipline me and spank me and correct me. And then love on me again and say, now, now let's keep going. So that we will repent in our mind, in our heart, in our actions. Amen? That's incredible. You guys finished up. One point. We don't have time. There's definitely not time to go into, I'm standing at the door knocking. 
Praise the Lord. Maybe you can't contain anymore. Maybe we need to ponder on that one. Amen? Thank you for the feel-good music now. (laughs) No discipline seems fun at the time. Don't be upset by being disciplined this season. I'm praying that you understand he delights in you. There's been a lot of correction. These letters, I'm very aware. I Believe me, I've been studying more than probably you have. Talk about going to a woodshed. But the fruit of it is beautiful. To know that you're loved, to know he delights in you. And that it's not strange for him to discipline his children, his sons. And to see that he sees us like that. You know that we're, core, we're joint heirs with Christ? Joint heirs. Brothers and sisters of Christ. He's in us. And we're in him. You know, Jesus learned obedience through the things which he suffered. That's in Hebrews. What? Yeah. Jesus learned obedience through the things which he suffered. He was raised and taught and grew up in it. You know why? His father loved him. Loved him. You know what's so cool with he disciplines those that he loves? Here's here's what I can tell you. There's no other person, I'm not going to let any other person discipline my sons or my daughter. They know who their father is. The world knows who their father is. By when they're doing something and their father says, hey. Everyone knows, oh, that must be their dad. Because they just went. Someone else's voice, they're just going to keep do, 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 do. They hear dad's voice. Or whatever it was for you. I remember I'd hear my dad's belt hear a pop or I could just see a look I was like oh yeah I'm through he loved me now his ways weren't always his ways but I guarantee you no one had to wonder who my dad was no one should be wondering who our dad is like man it how come you can't do this? How come you can't do that? We want to have, because my father loves me. He set some boundaries in my life. He knows that the wages of sin is death. He knows that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he doesn't want me stole from. He values me. He loves me. I'm his son. We're different, church. We're sons. We're sons and daughters of the Most High, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We're going to be treated a little differently. We're going to be handled a little differently. We're going to have different callings, different, different things for us to be doing in this, this last day. And it's going to look a lot different than everyone else. So yeah, he's starting to train up his children. He's starting to raise sons. He's starting to take us to a different level where there's going to be more expectation. 
there's going to be a little more requirement, but there's going to be a lot more fruit. Amen? Are you loved today? Are you loved? You feel loved today? Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for those who are here today, Lord. Very different, (laughs) very different service today. Um, Thank you, Jesus, for knowing what we need, how much we need, when we need it. Lord, I pray that those who have been under discipline, Lord, are about to head into it. Lord, will not see it as punishment. They would see it as discipling. That sometimes has punishment. I thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, who is our paraclete, who walks alongside us, but is also our convictor and leads us into all truth. I thank you that you love us enough to tell us the truth. I thank you that you love us enough to correct us when we need it. I thank you that you love us enough to be called your sons and that you delight in us and you will discipline all the sons who you delight in. I thank you for that, Lord. I pray, Lord, that each one of us, because your word says no discipline seems like fun at the time, I pray that we learn very, very quickly from our discipline so we don't have to stay in it a whole long time. I pray, Lord, that we would be able to build up and edify and share with others so they don't have to go through that process. Lord, I pray, I pray for myself. I'm going to be a little selfish right now. Lord, I pray that for once in my life, I would be able to learn from other people's mistakes and not have to do them myself. And I thank you, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you would put people in my life that would love me enough to share those things. And I pray that for this flock. We would not bite and devour one another, but that we would edify one another and build one another up in our most holy faith. And that we would learn to hear the word discipline and not think it's a bad word. Or correction. To think that it's a bad thing. Lord, I pray right now you would take the lies and the abuse that has been done from these words, from correction, from discipline or punishment. Any of those things, God. And, and I, know, I know what it is to have it done wrongly. Lord, I pray that you would take the sting out of those words. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would begin to be comfortable with you as our father because you do it perfectly. Lord, I pray where there's been abuses, Lord, that it would be disassociated from you. Holy Spirit, do your supernatural work. I don't know how that happens, but I sure know you know. And you are more than able. Holy Spirit, heal your flock. Jesus, heal your people. Father, you're a great father. You're a good father. Perfect in every way. We submit to your correction. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 You are dismissed. Next week, we will attempt to finish the letter of Laodicea. (laughs) 